Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now, let the show begin. Hi, this is The Author Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. Two murders, an undercover agent and a housewife, different cities, different weapons, Well, that definitely caught my attention just because it's so different. Our book is Hunted Lives, a Molly Hooper thriller written by Katie Hinojosa. Katie is here to share more about her debut novel. Katie, welcome to the author's show. Thank you so much, Linda. It's a pleasure to be here. And we love having you here because I love talking about debut thrillers. So will you give us a quick overview of Hunted Lives? Sure, I'd be happy to. As you mentioned at the start, people are being killed. Two different people are killed initially, different cities, different weapons, and there's no apparent connection. And on top of all of that, the murders are broadcast on social media and the public loves it. So the pressure is on for the FBI to solve what's going on. Good Lord, don't you just love social media? (laughs) 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 Was there anything specific that provided the inspiration for your storyline? Actually, yes. Way back when, when I first came up with the idea, it was due to my two oldest grandsons playing app games. They were always playing app games. And as so many kids are, and so many people, not just kids, are enthralled with app games and just addicted to them. And I would always watch them. And I don't play app games, but I would ask them questions like, you know, how can you tell who the murderer is with these graphics and stuff? And how do you know who your friends are? And they answer their questions and stuff. And so that kind of generated the idea for this first book. Interesting. So who do you believe would be the ideal reader for Hunted Lives? Well, I think early tracking is that it's mostly women. I think men would find this interesting as well. Anyone, any adult, it's definitely an an adult book as there are murders and stuff. So any adult who loves social media, app games, and thrillers all wrapped together. Well, Hunted Lives is the first of the Molly Hooper thriller series, as I said in my intro. How many books do you plan to write for Molly? Currently, there are three books. It's a trilogy. The third book just being released. And uh, what's next for you? After this trilogy, I'm working on the next idea. Although a number of my friends and people who have read the trilogy, starting with Hunted Lives, have said, you can't stop these characters. You've got to keep them going. So (laughs) (laughs) I might pursue that further. Okay. So are Molly and Jacob modeled after real people? No, I would say no, not at all. Straight from your imagination. Straight from my imagination, yes. Molly comes from a very wealthy family in Philadelphia and was always kind of the rebel of the family. She has two sisters who told the line, did what they were told, married the right person, but that wasn't for Molly. So she went to college and actually was married the quarterback there for a very short period of time before realizing that wasn't for her and he wasn't for her. And after graduating, she joined the FBI initially to be a sort of rebel and found that she loved it, and she was good at it. Wow. So your book cover, Katie, is just downright chilling. Who created this masterful cover for you? I work with a company based actually out of New Zealand called Damon Zah, and they do great work. I love them. Do you feel that any other author may have had an influence on your writing? Definitely. I would say from the suspense arena, definitely Dean Koontz. I love his work. 
And I mean, he's like the king of suspense and thrillers to me. <laughs> but I also really love Janet Ivanovich. I started with her Fox and O'Hare series, and I just love the way she writes. I don't write with that same kind of humor, but she's very inspiring. Well, Katie, even as a youngster, were you always telling and writing stories? And did you dream of publishing a book? I loved creative writing when I was growing up. It was just fascinating to me. But in college, I actually took a logic track and studied computers and worked for my career. I worked in the IT world. And so a lot of IT elements are brought into all three of these books. But when I stopped working and throughout, you know, I did a lot of technical writing, obviously with my computer work, but I always did creative things with my grandkids, doing little poems and doing stuff. So I always kind of had my hand in it. And when I stopped working, my husband said, you need to write that book that you've always wanted to write. And I decided I need to write that book that I've always wanted to write. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So based upon your career, is that why your book is classified as a techno thriller? I think so, yes. A lot of elements, you know, app games are involved. I tie in with social media a lot. In fact, I amplify the negative aspects of social media. There's a lot of good parts to it. I've certainly reconnected with a lot of old friends and stuff, but you know, there's a lot of bad aspects and this book the first book especially, but even the other two amplify that negative aspect of it. So yeah, it's definitely technology involved. Well, what kind of research do you do to ensure the believability of your stories? Well, first of all, the books are not police procedurals specifically, but my husband, before he joined the army, was in the FBI. So he gave me a lot of basic information, which is what I needed. And then I did a whole bunch of research on the internet, talking to other IT friends, and just built from there. Wow. So Molly Hooper and Jacob Black couldn't be more different. And yet I sense an underlying attraction between the two of them. Are they on their way to becoming a couple? Quite possibly. They got off to a rough start. One of the persons who was killed initially in the book was an FBI agent undercover in San Francisco. And that person happened to have been Jake Black's good friend. And Molly, in her job, had provided the technical and investigative background that sent this FBI agent to San Francisco in the first place. So he kind of thinks that her information was flawed and it got him killed. So he got off to a really rough start. But, you know, (laughs) things happen and (laughs) you never know what's going to (laughs) happen. Absolutely. So if hunted lives were optioned for small or large screen, who do you see playing the roles of Molly and Jake? You know, I've thought about that a bit. And I think for Molly, you know, a lesser known actress who I just think is wonderful, her name is Autumn Reeser. She's done a lot of, quite honestly, Hallmark movies, romance movies, but she's also been on the OC and done TV. She's done some movies. And I think she has the versatility to be Molly Hooper. As far as Jake, possibly a Chris Pine. Hmm. I like him as well. And I think he's intense and can really deliver on the role. If you could compare Hunted Lives with any other, what would that other book be? You know, Dean Koontz has a, well, he has a lot of books out, of course, but (laughs) one series that, (laughs) that has caught my eye is the Jane Hawk thriller series. And I think that perhaps Molly... And Jane have some similarities, and I think that there are some similarities in the books. Well, we're pronouncing Molly as Molly, M-O-L-L-Y, and yet it's really spelled M-A-L-I. Where did that come from? (laughs) Molly was actually my cat's name, Molly Suda. 
<laughs> and Molly Suda in Siamese, she was a Siamese cat, is Jasmine Girl. And Molly's birth name is Jasmine. But she wasn't a fan of Jasmine's as part of the rebel in her. When she became an adult, she changed it to Molly, thinking that her mother might appreciate the irony and the humor in that. But her mother did not. (laughs) (laughs) What a delightful background. (laughs) So what sets your book apart from others in the same genre? I think one of the things that sets the book apart is that the things that occur in this book and in the other books are plausible. You could see them actually happening in today's world, as horrific as that might sound. And even in the third book, some of the stuff is already happening today. But, you know, with social media, we've become desensitized to a lot of things. And, you know, we say and do things on social media we wouldn't necessarily do in person. And I think that leads to a disconnect from reality. And I think as a result, like with app games, for example, you know, kids shoot them up and, you know, maybe that can transfer into the real world and what would people do? How would they react? So I think in that way, my books are a little bit different. What's been the most rewarding experience for you since publishing your book? The most rewarding part, I think, has been meeting so many wonderful people. I do book signings. I go out in Texas, in the hill country, the small towns have monthly market days and where people bring their crafts, their foods and all of that. And so I participate. And so I meet so many people at these market days and they're really wonderful. Plus it gives me an opportunity to talk to you and others. It takes me out of my comfort zone, but it's really rewarding. That's great. So what would you like readers to remember once they've finished reading Hunted Lives? I think if more people can live in the moment, you know, put the devices down for part of the day and live in the moment and get out there and be with other people sans devices. I think that would be something really special. Boy, that's the best message I can think of. (laughs) (laughs) So will you please read a short excerpt from Hunted Lives for us? I would love to. Okay. This is actually the first chapter, chapter one, and I'll start. New York City, Thursday, March 5th, 3.10 a.m., She cowered in the corner of the Stone Cottage Ladies' Restroom near the open-air Delacorte Theater in Central Park, crying and depleted by hunger, exhaustion, and fear. Her long blonde hair was matted and tangled. She wore only a dirty black I Love New York sweatshirt, no bra, baggy black exercise pants, and frayed red tennis shoes. A light snow blanketed the park in fairytale beauty, making this run for her life all the more surreal. Shivering uncontrollably, her bones ached from the cold. Shallow breathing matched the pounding in her head and racing heartbeat. Terrified eyes, ringed black by fatigue, dominated an ashen face. Grabbing onto the wall for support and inching her way up, she limped to the sink. Hoping to steal some warmth from the water, she turned on the faucet and splashed her face. No luck. Gasping for air and teeth chattering, she wiped her eyes on the sleeve of the sweatshirt. Her nightmare began three days ago when she was abducted. She had popped over to the grocery store near her home in Newark, New Jersey, to buy a special treat for her older daughter, who was homesick with the flu. Returning to the parking lot, she noticed an older gentleman in his 60s leaning against a black, windowless van, gripping his chest, grimacing and wheezing. Alarmed, she rushed over to ask if he was all right. He shook his head. As she reached for her cell phone to call 911, The van's sliding door opened and a large, muscular man grabbed her while the man outside shoved her in, slamming the door and disappearing as the van raced away. 
On the floor of the van, the man knelt on her legs, reached for a syringe on the console between the front and passenger seats, and plunged it into the base of her neck. That was the last thing she remembered. Awareness came to her slowly, a musty, stale smell bringing her fully awake. She was lying on her back in a lumpy sofa in her underclothes. Turning her head toward a squeaking sound, she shrieked and pushed herself into a sitting position as a rat scurried away. Groaning in pain, her fingers gingerly probed the area behind her ear. Feeling a sticky wetness, she pulled her hand back and observed with horror the blood staining her fingers. She raised her hand to her head again and touched what felt like stitches. The wound was about three fingers wide and blood was oozing out. What had happened? Looking cautiously around, she assessed her surroundings. The sofa was the single piece of furniture in the room, barely fitting. Standing up and stretching her arms out shoulder height, her fingers almost touched the walls on each side. There were no windows, and the only light was a thin beam of sunlight shining in from an opening at one end. She crept to the opening and peeked outside. Shock crossed her face, her mouth dropping open slightly. She was in a shipping container in a yard full of containers. Pushing the door wider for light, she turned back to the interior, noticing for the first time the filthy clothes lying next to a note and picture of her family on the floor. In disbelief and with a growing sense of panic, she had read the note, alternately staring at the picture of her family. Without wasting any time, she had dressed and fled. On the run now for 16 hours, could she make it another 56? She thought about her girls now, picturing their sweet smiles. She and her husband Joe had started their family later in life. At the age of 42, six short years ago, her precious Becky was born. Jamie followed three years later. They were her pride and joy, her life. Thinking of them gave her the impetus to keep going. She had to survive for them. Oh, my Lord. I was sitting here hardly able to breathe because that is such a perfect excerpt to get people really interested in your book. I mean, what a great story. So where can we learn more about you, about your other books, and where can we purchase Hunted Lives? Folks can go to my website, katyinahosa.com. That's K-A-D-Y-H-I-N-O-J-O-S-A.com and read about information about me and my books. I have a blog there and there are also links to purchase my books on my website. We've been talking with Katie Hinojosa, author of Hunted Lives. Katie, I love series books and I found yours to be just fascinating. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. I just know that a lot of our audience are going to be very interested in reading your trilogy and I do hope that you'll come back again and talk to us about your second one. Thank you so much, Linda. I appreciate your time and I look forward to the next time that we can talk. Couldn't put the book down, really held my interest. Terrific plot and had enough strength to last until the ending. Certainly deserves a round of applause to keep me glued to the book. The story itself could very well have taken place at any time during today's storybook world that we now live in. Well, if that review and this interview has you wanting more, go to katiehinojosa.com to order your copy today. And when you finish reading, don't forget to post your review. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with our author. And remember, the author show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and many more. Whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books, the Authorshow.com is a really great place to start. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorshow.com. 
theauthorshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.